And now, brought to you by Cliff Graham's Good Battle Chewers, because all other Israel trips are for Ponzi's. www.goodbattlechewers.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. It is perfect. Perfect. Gut Check. Gut Check. Have you lit your cigar? Are we going to do No, let's do it on the air, too. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck, live from the Nakatomi Cigar Room uh, here in beautiful Lansing, Michigan. Uh, baby, I'm excited to be back for another uh, another in-house, face-to-face ep. And I want you to know, I want everybody in this room to know, you know, I'm such a fool for you. You've got me wrapped around your finger. Huh? Do you have to let it linger? Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Okay. It was like a little deep words from Ted. Deep Club. words. It was like a little '90s poetry slam. That's <laughs> that's straight out of the curriculum. Bit for, of a theme uh, for the day for our '90s studies program. Which, if you listen to the last episode, you know uh, exactly what we're talking about. But Ted, Zach, I want to quick invite people to take part in this whole thing. Okay. By going on Facebook right now, mm-hmm. if you haven't liked both Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartles, my author page and Gut Check, do that. But more importantly, while you're listening to this, I want you to check in. Okay. At the Nakatomi Smoke Room. It's Nakatomi Cigar Room. Because it's a place now That's on a thing Facebook. You can, I don't even know how that works. How does one do that? You, you, just, you just say listening. You, what, you, whatever. You type your thing. You put up uh-huh. your picture. And then you click add a place. Okay. And then, and then you start typing Nakatomi. And it'll pop right up. Mm-hmm. I don't own the place. It won't let me claim it. Even mm-hmm. though it's in my house. Even though you do own this place that right. we're in. This space. But, but you, you know, I want that, that way we can all kind of, uh, we can have this experience together. We can together, be together. Yeah, you know, across together. time. Yep, that's right. Spanning time. So, baby, we have some business to do on this program. So we're going to kind of slough off our 90s slacker personas and the, and the flannels and the khakis and the Oxfords. And it's going to get late 90s like tech bubble in here. It's going to get late 90s business tech Business everywhere. Sushi. Yeah, business, sushi. Yeah, buy, sell, buy, sell. Because <laughs> um, we have some business to do. But before we get into that, baby, I want us to, uh, I want us to light our cigars. We're going to smoke while we... In true Gordon Gecko fashion, while we conduct business on the program. And it's been, we, we bought six cigars yesterday, and each and every one of them was a Drew Estates. Mm-hmm. So Drew Estates, corporate, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, <laughs> we would like to talk sponsorship off the air. Obviously, we wouldn't be so crass as to do that on the air, but <laughs> I'd like to... We don't to like dis- to talk about money. We don't like to talk about money and business on the air, but I would like to discuss a sponsorship agreement. So again, Drew Estates, reach out to us, reach out to the program. Zach, how can they reach out to us? How can they find us? Well, I'll tell you, there's a couple ways. Mm Gutcheckpress.com. There's a little form you can fill out. Or just Zach at gutcheckpress.com. Info at Mm gutcheckpress.com. You can write us a letter longhand and send it to Gutcheckpress, P.O. Box 10003, Lansing, Michigan, 48901. I love it, baby. I love it. Many ways to get in touch with the program. Baby, I want to tease something. I want to do more than tease it. I want to sip it. I want to enjoy it. I want to talk about something uh, <laughs> that has the consistency of, of used motor oil from when your dad used to change the oil like in the driveway back in the 90s, right? So dad wants to save a few bucks that month and he, and he drains out the old... No, this is, uh, this is Ligaris Roasters. Uh, happy... Or not Happy Rant. Wow. Oh, Ted. This is oh. like... This is like I... That's I a radio... Take you Rachel moment. You right. Know? That's a radio faux pas is what that was. But this is Gut Check. Gut Check Signature Blend Espresso 
from my good friend Hector Lagaris at Lagaris Roasters, and we're going to debut this on the program. This is the first time we've had it. Now, I'm just going to give a little uh, disclaimer. Okay. The reason of the for the consistency is this is this is espresso. Espresso is meant to be robust yeah. and dark. Now you can either just brew it. Okay. Standard, or okay. the way to make what we call espresso the drink is to use an espresso maker, mm -hmm. which either using steam on on a flame or using you know uh, electronic methods forces steam forces it through. I'm with you. And create, but we didn't do that. Okay. I I just ground the beans, and it comes it comes whole bean. Yep. And and then of I, course I, it does. What are we animals? Yeah. I put it in the French <laughs> press. And then we proceeded to do a bunch of other things and have like five conversations. That's right. So this has been sitting here. We did our show prep while you were brewing stronger. the coffee. Yeah, it has. This, this is going to be crazy strong. It's going to be terrific. So it's perfect it's for a, uh, you know, there's a boxing glove on our logo. Is That's what right. I'm saying. And this there's is an like exploding a, heart on our logo. Oh, wait. This, is, this <laughs> espresso is going to punch you in the face, right? Dude, it's going to punch you in the face. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> to dessert up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to punch you in the face and then it's going to drag you up and heal you while it videotapes you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ted, look at that. It mm. smells amazing. It does. My friend, baby, tell me while I'm while I'm pouring my Ligaros Roasters coffee, tell us what you're getting on the nose. I want you to just talk for a minute about it if you would. Dude, it smells unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's very very rich. It smells like um you know what? Huh? I feel like whenever I get uh, espresso, it's yep. just it smells amazing, and then it's a little too bitter for me. Mm -hmm. um, I I oh. always wind up doing like uh, an americano mm -hmm. with room for cream, mm -hmm. and I and I and I'm just gonna try taking a drink of this before Straight. I add anything to it. Yeah. I don't know if you're you're not gonna do that. I'm not. No. Okay. You know what? We'll get two different takes on. it. I don't it. feel like I have anything to prove, but you know, not that you do. I mean, I'm not. Ted, you've got more hair on your chest, so you know how you say like such and such puts hair on your chest. Yeah. Which, you know what, that's a dad thing to say, isn't it? Aaron, how much? How do you feel about the amount of hair I have on my chest? She's given the okay sign. It's kind of a Native American level of hair on your chest. I feel like if you could switch oh. my belly and my chest, it would be just right. Yeah. Oh, she, just, she, she took a picture. Oh, and I took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, here we go. I'm going to do the nose basically is heaven. Yeah, it's wonderful. This is what it smells like when you die and you're like, Jesus, and then you're like, am I here? Mm -hmm. And you smell this, you know you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's good. Mm. Dude, talk about... So this guy, how many apps of the program did Hector listen to before he perfectly made the liquid form of our program? Dude, this is amazing. There's so many great things about Hector. I could do a whole episode on, oh. on what's, what's money about Hector. Go ahead if you want. Um... Hector listens to these programs. He enjoys the programs. He listens to every minute. Uh, he's a fan. He comments. Um, I don't feel like I have a business partner in Hector so much as I have just a, a friend in the coffee business. And uh, Hector wants to be your friend in the coffee Hector, business. Hector, I want to hang out really bad. And you you know, know what? what? What we need to do? Mm -hmm. We need to get Hector, you and me, and Ruiz down oh my gosh, drinking dude. coffee, smoking cigars in Miami. Down in Miami. That would be the money, baby. What's awesome about that is that it's very possible. It is possible, yeah. We're talking about it like it's this you know, far-fetched thing when, in fact, we could probably just make it happen. Unless you've been to Israel. Right? Yeah, because that's the kind of company we are. Uh, so go to LagarsRoasters.com. Uh, get some Gut Check Signature Blend Espresso. Um, and you can you could be enjoying it in much the same way that we're enjoying this And uh, right Every now. time you drink it, don't forget to check in. At the Nakatomi Cigar Room. Yeah. Because you're here in spirit. Yep, that's right. 
So, so um, you know, mm. we don't like to talk about money or business on the air. There was a couple of things we wanted to talk about today vis-a-vis uh, money and business. Money and business. Because, you know, we got to pay the bills, too. <laughs> and this is a work day for us. Guys, there's an yeah. awful lot of expense that goes into a program like this. Mm-hmm. And we do it with donations from listeners <laughs> like you. So, if you would get on Patreon. Con- Conrad, Tur- Conrad Previs, Debbie Turner. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't. Dude, he's probably a he's probably a real guy who will sue me, you know, <laughs> for making light of that. But they were they were um, <coughs> they were benefactors of a of a show that we were discussing last night, Downton Abbey. Yeah, favorite program of this program, you know, similar in scope and and magnitude culturally. <laughs> I think similar in costume level. Similar in costume level. Similar in amount of cravats and sort of <laughs> ornateness of smoking rooms. I mean, dude, I do call this the drawing room, though. It is the drawing room. I occasionally will say, let's retire to the, dr- the drawing room for cigar and stogies. Now, let me ask you this conceptually, and this could be a bit of a I rabbit trail. I mean, coffee trail, and stogies? Yeah. Coffee cigar and stogies. stogies. Yeah, I like that better. It's two different things. It's two different things is what it is. But uh, So if you were a character on Downton Abbey, if you had to choose one character that sort of embodies like who Zach Bartles is, um, as you think about the, the roster of characters on the, on the program, who would it be? Not Edith. Okay. Good. <laughs> Um, not Matthew. No. Chinless dead Matthew? Not chinless yeah. dead Matthew, dude. That guy, I, I don't want to be like him in any way, least of which would be chinless or dead. He was the boringest guy on the program. Obviously, I'd like to say Lord Grantham. I mean, obviously, dude, yeah, I'd like he to was be, great. but I don't think I have the gravitas. No, I disagree. Here's the thing. I kind of want to say Barrow, except I'm not gay and evil, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like he got so much more likable because they played down the evil and showed this struggle inside and I really like Dude, it. his character arc was fascinating. Yeah. Um, but you know who I'd probably be? Who? The, uh, the jazz musician that the uh, second tier uh, cousin wanted to, to get with. Oh, baby, that's strong. <laughs> I don't know why. No, because it'd be cool to be that yeah, guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd want to... Are you yeah. kidding me? That he's the coolest guy, the guy in the, the entire program even that though guy, he's only on for like a half an app. That guy was so laid back about everything that he was facing. Now, how would you feel about being a guy that a girl used just to piss off her parents? Which is basically what that guy was. Oh, a poor Mr. Pamuk also. Uh, Mr. But he Pamuk was also. dead. And, and but he stuff. was dead. And... I'm neither dead nor a Turkish uh, like yeah. dignitary. Right. Um, yeah, but you know, I think that guy knew that. He knew that he was being used, but he was getting something out of the bargain, obviously. I don't know what that would have been, Ted. Me but... neither, but I assume <laughs> that he was. Dude, what was that girl's name? Rose? Mm-hmm. Mm. This is a program for men, is what, yeah, we're, what right. you're listening to right now. It's a called program the with male Podcast. hosts. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you would be the jazz musician. I love that, man. That's fascinating. You know what? There's, I'd have to. This should be a, a course as yeah. well. Yeah, this Downton should Abbey. be its own thing. Yeah, um, I'd have to really sit and think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, you know who I feel like I always was like. I get where that guy's coming from. Hmm. One guy, with the exception of wanting to marry that annoying. Like, uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doctor. The Doctor was like the, the voice doctor, of reason all the was, time. He was fascinating. I loved that guy. Yes. Tom Branson. No, no, no. no the, doctor. the Doctor. Tom Branson is the mechanic. Yeah, Tom was a mechanic. I'm talking about the Doctor, the guy with the mustache. He's an older guy in a mustache. Yeah. The nurse, right. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so I definitely, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to marry Matthew's mom. because no, she I think, was super annoying. But I always felt like he was like the only one who was not anarchist or like completely wrapped up in this kind of yeah. anachronistic hierarchical. Dude, you're right. He was kind of set apart in in many ways from the whole thing. 
Yeah, you know, in a good way. Though. That guy's my guy. He had perspective. How about you, Ted? Who would you be? You know, as much as I hate to say this, there are two. <laughs> there are two ways in which I relate to Tom Branson. Um, one, he was a little bit thick, and in certain angles, it looked strong. It looked muscular, and, and in other angles, it looked like he was just overweight. And I feel like that, <laughs> that kind of applies to me. Okay. Right? Okay. But the the real way in which I relate to Tom Branson is that. I feel like he was always in the middle of conflicts between other people, and he was always mediating between other people who had offended one another. Except when he was bombing them early in his character arc. Except when he was was blowing them up early in his character arc. Yeah, but that... They dropped that almost immediately. They dropped that, they dropped like, that a, like a bad habit. They were like, oh, yeah. women like looking at him, let's bring him back. Yeah, let's not make him evil and devious. But uh, no, I feel like I'm always... Uh, I'm, I'm always like in the middle of this stuff trying to peacemake between people who are at war with one another. And okay. I, I, I hate playing that role, to, quite frankly, but I always find myself in that role. So I think... That's odd. I think for me it's Tom Branson. And, and I married someone sweet and, and beautiful and angelic like Sybil. And, you know, so there's overlap. My, mine's not dead, frankly. Right. But, uh, okay, that's, a good, that's a good question. Who yeah. would your wife be? Uh, that's right. That's a great question. Um, I'll, well, I'll start with you, Aaron, since you brought up the you brought up the question. Who would who would you be on the program? No, I want you guys to say who would. Well, obviously oh, you'd be Sybil because Sybil was Sybil. the hot one. Sybil so. was the hot one. She was the best one. She was the least annoying. Yeah, Sybil all around. So you're both married to Sybil. Yes, that's weird. That's a weird thing. Sybils, <laughs> two different Sybils. Two Sybils. They were no. twins. Both named Sybil. <laughs> you know who I like, and I think that Erin uh, has a little bit of in her. Hmm. Mrs. Patmore. I love Mrs. Patmore. Mrs. Patmore, this older woman in down in the kitchen, but had her own kind of like weird, sexy thing going. I'm gonna run this by. Yeah. Looks of Sybil, um, personality of Mrs. Patmore. Yes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. If if Sybil and Mrs. Patmore came together into a dude, Mrs. Patmore was so funny and she was so like humble and self-effacing and sweet. Oh, dude, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna scale mine back for me. Yeah. Go ahead, dude. I would be freaking. Uh, I'd be Mr. Carson, the uh, Mr. Carson the butler, because that guy was the money. And every time he said something and he was offended by it, I'm like, yeah, I'm offended by that too. And every time yeah. he didn't like change, I was like, yeah, I don't like change either. I yeah. feel like he and I were, were... You guys were kindred spirits. You yes. were simpatico. He would have a Palm Pilot if he was alive now, and he would be, and he would be like grousing about the days, you know, when he everyone would. had one. And, mm. Yeah, yeah. Why can't we just go... Why couldn't we have been satisfied with a Palm Pilot, you know? <laughs> Why do we have to move beyond it to all these devilish devices? To the now, phonograph. I know I already kind of snagged the best people for my wife, but you know, mm-hmm. clean slate. What about what about KK? Who's she? Dude, I honest to gosh, and not just because she's in the room, I feel as though KK embodies the spirit of both Sybil and Mrs. Patmore, and I'm gonna I'm gonna suss out why. Um, Mrs. Hughes. Mm, dude, Mrs. Hughes was Mrs. great. Hughes. I love Mrs. Hughes. Dude, I love me some Mrs. Hughes. Don't get me wrong, but I want I want to talk about the Patmore Sybil thing. All right. Mrs. Patmore knew her way around the kitchen. My lady, the saucy broad, um, she's a baker, she's a caterer of some renown uh, in the Jackson area where we live. People know her. Uh-huh. She's kind of a big deal for that. So I feel like she shares that in common with Mrs. Patmore. Dude, how would uh, your wife deal with Daisy in the kitchen and all of her whining and, and uppityness? I'll tell you how. She would have never worked with Daisy. She wouldn't <laughs> have given Daisy the time. Daisy, Daisy would... Be finding another job. <laughs> she would not have dealt with Daisy. 
I don't my, know about that. I dude, feel like I feel like KK has dealt with a lot of people with a lot of baggage in a very kind and, and gracious way, helping them along. I don't think she would have just kicked her to the curb. You're right. right, man. You know what? My wife though is an artist. She's a lone wolf, man. She works alone. She's a she's a self-contained unit, right? Um, so Mrs. Patmore, I also feel like, and this harkens back to our last ep, she has a little bit of a like subversive streak in her, a la Sybil. Because Sybil had everything. She had all the money and all the decadence. But she wore pants one time. Opulence, right? Of uh, of the, the whole Downton Abbey empire. But uh. yet, you know, she was thoughtful. She was kind of 90s. Sybil's, Sybil was a 90s character. Totally, yes. You know? She yes. was a 90s character. If it had been the 90s, she would have worn what my wife wore in the 90s, which is fishnet stockings, <laughs> cut off jean shorts over the fishnet stockings, cable knit sweater, and Doc Martens. Yeah, I know. That's the hottest thing ever that I just described. Um, baby, what about uh, what about Aaron? What character would she would, would be her on Downton Abbey? I feel like we already did that. Yeah. Sybil. Right? <laughs> did we already we did totally did that. And we what I the said whole thing. was the thing that you said. But I said it We first. both said the same thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, which is strange because I don't feel like Kristen and I are very much alike. Yeah, right. But the thing was, I think we just found the awesomest people and, and yeah. so they just showed. Is it because we're in the room? Get out of the room. <laughs> No, it's because uh, I feel like this is done. Yeah, maybe because you're in the room. Um, <laughs> what? So let's get back on track here, vis-a-vis not talking about business and money. Okay, yeah, that's because right. this is something that's that, crass. That's beneath us. And and mm-hmm. would Lord Grantham be sitting here talking about business and money? No, 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 not in the drawing room. Nope. Anyway, not with his cigars and, and brandy and everything going. Whatever, whatever they do there. It's not brandy that we're drinking, by the way. It's, it's gut fans. check. It's gut yeah. check brewed coffee and gut mm-hmm. check blend. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. This is smooth. Yeah, it's very smooth. It is so smooth. It's the smoothest espresso I've ever had in my life. And baby, I have to tell you, I'm not finding fault here. You brewed that very strong. Okay. I did, and I'm going to brew it that strong again next time because it's because awesome. you can because it's all flavor and it's no like harshness. You know what I'm saying? No. Okay. No, it's terrific. And I want to point out that uh, this may be recorded like back to back with a, a different uh, episode in which we drank monster yeah. energy drinks. That's right. And before another episode where we drank another energy drink, and this is super strong, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, we may actually both die. Our hearts might explode, yeah. and, and in which case, you will have listened to, the, to our last episode. But... Uh, <laughs> That's kind of dark, but baby, I want to get us back on track with the publishing business because this is where because this is where we make our living in the publishing business. All right, and I want to get us back on track, and I want to do something. I want to end something, and I think we've both been a little hesitant to end this because oh. endings are hard. Okay, endings are exciting, but they're difficult. Um, I want us to end uh, our first novel, Reraptured. Okay, where's my palm? And it's got the novel on it. What we're gonna do is pause while Zach finds his palm. Nah, that's my wallet. Hmm. Where's my poem? I, I, I believe I suggested you bring that in and then you didn't. No, I said yes because I'm going to read the epilogue. You We're gonna... said yes. I did bring it in. Where is it? Guys, where's my poem? Alexa, find Zach's poem. Panic <laughs> ensues. Uh-huh. I couldn't find any saxophone songs. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the mic got that. Zach, I know that endings are hard. Um, I know that Gut Check Literacy Month has been a thing that you and I have loved. And we've loved it for about the last two years, <laughs> which is the duration of Gut Check Literacy Month. We've loved and it together. We've loved yeah. it together. We've enjoyed giving back. Um, I know a lot of people have been helped and touched. 
uh, by the work that we've done in Gut Check Literacy Month. And by work, I mean us reading aloud <laughs> from our first novel, Re-Raptured, on the air. And uh, we are bringing that to a close. Um, Ted, I want to point out, though, that yeah. even though this is bittersweet... It is bittersweet. Um, a lot of emotions. Unlike... The Gut Check Blend coffee, which is in no way bitter. No, it's smooth and, and um, rich. This is in a way smooth as well, because right on the other side uh-huh. of this Gut Check Literacy uh-huh. Month uh-huh. is another Gut Check Literacy Month. And mm. I mean literally right on the other mm. side. So Yes. Uh, I wonder who wants to do the honors here. Uh, there's two sections, one that you wrote, one that I wrote. Well, let's do that. Let's, let's divvy it up that way. All yeah. right. Now, you may remember from a couple years back when uh-huh. we last read from uh, Re-Raptured. Uh, that Kate and Duke got married on the field. That's right, yeah. Uh, that certain Sweet. people had gone from being part of the rapture force to being mm-hmm. the Antichrist. That's right. Uh, and that we kind of left it there. So, yeah. Ted, why don't you... Is uh, the first section mine? It is indeed yours, okay. yes. I'm going to point this at you, the blue snowball. Baby, this is monumental. We're ending something very special to both of tingly. us. Tingly. Uh, I feel tingly. I do too. I do too. Uh, folks, this is chapter 33, epilogue. Ted Strongbow sits in front of his locker, bare-chested and wearing a pair of Denver Values practice pants. His head is wet from a post-practice shower. It's Tuesday. Barry Quid has supplanted him as the Values starting quarterback, and Strongbow is fielding questions from the media. How did it feel up there on the light stanchion, he is asked by a Denver Morning News beat reporter. Hi, he says, <laughs> without looking up from a post-practice strong blend protein bar. Yes. His brand, a purported 23 grams of lean protein, comes in chocolate fudge brownie and cookies and cream flavors that he's unwrapping as though his very life depends on it. <laughs> when and how did you decide to come down, he is asked. After I'd been up there for a while and nothing sensational had happened, he says, <laughs> as though talking about being on a light, a light stanchion atop an ASFL stadium was the most mundane, common thing in the world. How do you feel about being a backup again? He shrugs. I'm just happy to help the ball club in any way I can, he says. This is a first-class organization, and I think we proved that against Chicago. Though I think we'll have our hands full against a really improved Buffalo Bobs team this weekend. <laughs> Wait a second while Aaron shuts the door. Yeah. This is how she would open candies in church. Uh-huh. Like, real slow. Crackle, Meticulous. Crackle, crackle, crackle. She's like, I want to stretch this out. Thinking so. that by being slow, she was being sort of dainty about it. Yeah. But in yeah. fact, just prolonging the noise. It sort of reminded me of yeah. that with the door just now. He looks up and finds a gaggle of reporters all scribbling in their notebooks as though every word he said contained the very secrets of the universe. (laughs) The quote will run on local, state, and national television before Strongbow even makes it home in his comped luxury vehicle, leading over the story of the National Guard violently putting down an attempt to privatize the state of Nebraska. (laughs) Maybe, he thinks, I actually am the Messiah. Ted, where will people be able to hear more about the attempt to privatize the state of Nebraska? Well, Zach, they'd be able to hear more about that in the sequel to Re-Raptured, uh, which is kind of working title, Re-Raptured Again. And uh, which will be featured on this program within the next couple of weeks. That's right. Ah, gut check. All right. Section break. Sylvia's attorney is prepping her for her deposition later today. They've both accidentally referred to this as rehearsal, but then corrected themselves. They sit at a particle board table with a thin printed wood grain veneer in a legal consultation room of the Denver City Jail. 
Sylvia will be transferred to a federal facility later today, as the majority of the charges against her, the most serious being basically treason, treason <laughs> uh, carry federally mandated sentences. Her other charges include assaulting two federal agents and misappropriation of intelligence agency resources, including but not limited to choppers, commandos, guns, bullets, and the top-secret kitchen appliance interface system, or KAIS. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. When she made all of uh, Vincent's... Vincent's uh, <laughs> Appliances talk to him. Randy DeLay, <laughs> her, de her lawyer, reminds her that her old associate, Reverend Lewin Ironsides, will likely testify against her as part of his own plea deal. This would be bad news, as despite recent events, famous pastors connect with juries famously well. Hmm. Let's take it from the top again, Randy says. Section break. The Tim Van Shrimpy Escatola. <clears throat> Sorry, I can't read either. Yeah. yeah. Section break. The Tim Van Shrimpy Eschatology Hour has been the highest rated, longest running program in the, in the category of abnormal and fringe television for 11 years now. It's a juggernaut, taped before a studio audience in the Denver suburb of, appropriately, Golden, Colorado. The show features 60 minutes of footage, commentary from Van Shrimpy himself, and sometimes an, inter an interview. Today, just two days after the light stanchion, Ted Strongbow is that interview. <laughs> the studio is housed in a long strip mall of other concrete storefronts, including a Pier 1 Imports, <laughs> which Strongbow was sure no longer existed. <laughs> and a music land, which Strongbow was also convinced of the defunctness of. <laughs> he thinks a semi-deep thought about how nothing in this world is permanent, though the thought subsides when he flirts with a decent-looking receptionist and then poses for pictures with three makeup artists and a key grip. <laughs> Strongbow is the only real celebrity guest the show has ever had, not counting Oz Fox, former drummer for Striper. Section break. Strongbow is wearing a $12,000 Armani suit that is said to contain real fibrous material from the actual Shroud of Turin. Van Shrimpy comes out to raucous applause wearing a suit he got on clearance for $93 at JCPenney's. Under which he has worn a Ted Strongbow jersey, the revelation of which causes even more raucousness from his studio audience, <laughs> most of whom are over 55 years of age and, let's face it, don't have a lot to get raucous about these days. <laughs> They're seated across from one another and each spends at least five minutes talking about what a pleasure it is to be here, etc. Van Shrimpy congratulates Strongbow for copywriting the use of the term strongbowing, which refers to what happens when... I Anyone either kneels or bows their head or even just bows their head in public. In truth, the idea came from James Wiles, the latest addition to Van Shrimpy's extensive staff. Schools have been forced to call their National Day of Prayer the National Day of Strongbow. <laughs> and pastors are said to be having a rough time transitioning to let Strongbow at the end of each sermon. <laughs> However, when anyone prays without first saying let Strongbow, a royalty is paid to Strongbow Incorporated which is itself a subsidiary of a large defense contractor named LaHaye World Enterprises, <laughs> which is said to have produced two-thirds of the military-grade weaponry on the planet. <laughs> the crowd claps wildly when they learn that Strongbow has copyrighted the phrase. I just want to play football, says Strongbow, smiling a fake plastic smile that has become, even to family and close friends, indiscernible from his real smile. <laughs> then, Van Shrimpy asks what Strongbow likes to do in his free time. I like to play video games, he says, producing a used-looking Xbox 360 controller 
as all the color simultaneously drains from Van Shrimpy's heavily powdered face. Let's Strongbow, he says, as both men bow their heads. In the front row, a young couple takes just a moment to gaze into each other's eyes before Strongbowing. <laughs> he wears a clerical collar, and she a neck-to-wrist, ankle-length dress. <laughs> both wear large, flashing lapel pins that read, Just Married. Oh, that's heartwarming. Right? It is. Father Vincent, uh, you know, there's so much There's so much foreshadowing here. Yeah, Vince, there's a lot, a lot to go with the Vince character. Max Darby waits expectantly in Visitation Bay 6 at the Greater Denver Asylum for the Criminally Insane, his new home. It is December 22, 2015, and he is eagerly awaiting his first visitor in three weeks. A woman he's never seen before walks in, accompanied by a hulking asylum guard. She appears to be in her late 70s, although she is really only 42. She's lived a hard life. The woman wears a business suit that does not quite hide her many tattoos. Brought you a Christmas present, the woman says, her gravelly voice filling the padded room. She hands him a small gift, which has clearly been unwrapped and sloppily reassembled. Max reaches for it, then pauses and eyes the guard. They've already given it the okay, Edith says, a laugh rattling in her chest, clogged by blackened phlegm. (laughs) He pulls back the Rudolph-themed wrapping paper and opens the small cardboard box. Inside is a book by Tim Van Trimpey. This is a trigger for me, Max says. My therapist says I'm not supposed to read this stuff. Not his call to make, she replies, flashing her linoleum teeth and a mischievous grin. A Denver City ordinance says that no one can be deprived Bible prophecy-related materials at any time for any reason. I think you'll like this one, she says, nodding toward it. I think you'll especially like Chapter 7. Max flips the book open to Chapter 7 and sees, neatly tucked into a cutaway in the book's pages, a small computer chip. You've survived the fatal head wound, Max, she says, her voice hushed. But that's just the beginning. Rabbi Pastor needs a beast like you to help him carry out his plans. If you're willing, install the chip tonight under your scar before lights out. We'll do the rest. She flips the book closed, the guard none the wiser. Max smiles. He'd failed as a scientist and as an action hero, but the third time, as they say, is the charm. Use me, he says. Oh, Can baby. I just say That's the end. That Edith and coach, the coach have Duke. the same Yeah, right, they do. Yeah. They, they also have the same voice as Lieutenant Aldo Rain from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone should read the about the about the author here. Alright. About the author. Committee was forced to watch end time scare movies every summer at church camp and then walk back to its cabin in the dark. <laughs> It currently serves as a social worker, author, copywriter, professor, and pastor. It lives in and around the capital of a mitten-shaped Midwestern state with its three wives, husband, and three sons. And what's clever about that is that's all of us. Yeah, right. right that's, yeah, a, that's a bio for all of us in the, in the group. Well, that's that. Is well, that that's that, baby. Well, I have a wife. Zach has a wife. B.H. too. Yeah. Brad Atchison. Mm-hmm. He was like, part of the not original like a committee. Secret wife that you don't yeah. know about. <laughs> no, no, All publishing companies have a secret wife, you know. But you're you're part of the committee. Yeah, it says and husband. Yeah. I'm so, the husband. In and that Aaron has the husband. I have a husband. It's complicated. I, I, is what it is. Yeah, it is. Maybe we just had a horribly glum conversation <laughs> off the air here in the studio. A lot we of were, reality. A lot of reality. We were taking a break and uh, running the air conditioning here in the studio so that uh, 
we would all feel a little bit more comfortable. And really the inverse happened in that we... <laughs> you got very uncomfortable. Yeah, we all feel markedly less comfortable. So I want to end the show by... I blame Cliff Graham, by the way, for revealing to us some, some realities that need addressing. Nah, man. Cliff makes everything better. <laughs> Cliff makes everything better. If you haven't done so, check out goodbattletours.com. Oh, yeah. Good Battle Tours is the tour company that was kind enough to take Zach and myself to Israel. And uh, we had the time of our lives. We had the experience of our lives. Uh, it was 10 days of absolute... Um, just incredible travel with Cliff uh, and with the rest of the, the Good Battle Johnny Tours Sheckles. team and with Johnny Sheckles, that's right, who we wish was here. Um, but check out goodbattletours.com. Also, I want to tell you about a couple more Gut Check Press products, a couple of products that have been um, obviously a blast for us to do because we don't do anything at this company that isn't fun. And uh, I want to point out, we don't like talking about money and business and, and, and products that we created that, for which we want you to give us money. Exactly. But because this is a for-profit venture, <laughs> right? We're not a 501c3. We're not a... Not yet. And we just want to be upfront about that. Right, right, right I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're not, our books are open to you. We want you to buy this coffee and enjoy it, but we also want to get our cut. Right. We also want some money to come back to us for it. And that's really how we've approached each and every one of these projects, Zach. <laughs> uh, first, I want to talk about... A book that was a lot of fun to write and that maybe hasn't done the business that we thought it would do. Um, and that's The Gut Check Guide to Publishing. So this is a book that I just got a text today uh, from my favorite student. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but uh, this guy's graduated now, so I can say that he was my favorite student. And uh, he just texted me just to say, hey, um, I bought your Gut Check Guide to Publishing, loved it, read it cover to cover, and uh, I'm going to share it with my dad because this kid is a writer and he wants his dad to kind of understand the business that he's nice. going into. And uh, I would encourage you to get that book if you have uh, publishing dreams, either to self-publish, to go print on demand, or to go kind of con the conventional route in publishing. Uh, Zach and I have done both. We've both done both. Um, we've both done print on demand. We've both done conventional. And I just feel like the book is um, it's full of a lot of practical things to help writers. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's written by you and I, and mm -hmm. then it, at the bottom it says, with, because there's also contributions right. uh, by... Cliff Graham, yep. by my, my wife, Erin uh, Bartles, uh, by Frank Turk. I think so. Did we so. get Turkish in there? I think probably. We got Turkish yeah. in there. Chuck Weebus wrote the... Uh, Weebus. No, Chuck Weebus didn't write it. Uh, uh, Chaz Marriott wrote the... Uh, That's right. The so forward. needless to say, a lot of accomplished people. Yes. And, and let me be clear about something. And I, I just want to like actually like earnestly be clear about this. A lot of what we've done uh, in this company over the course of the years have been satires. And I think people are a little confused by <laughs> the idea of a book that's not satirical, that's about publishing. But really, that's what this book is. This it's, book is, it's funny, it's still fun, uh -huh. but it's not a ha-ha. It's a book that you would read to actually learn about the industry that we're in. I would say it's analogous to the gut, or to the uh, Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion, in that mm -hmm. the, the Smoking Companion has a lot of actual instructional stuff, good yep. information, and then recurring funny bits throughout like yeah. uh, you know James Suckling and all that stuff that's right and, and I feel like the gut check guide to publishing is similar although a little heavier on the actual instruction yep. and a little lighter on the haha -ha. uh, but it's got uh, oh Kurt Church Curmudge too by the way wrote that's a chapter right. that's that, right you know Twitter superstar Church Curmudgeon mm -hmm. uh, but it's got uh, the recurring uh, bit of smug veteran editor smug veteran editor I forgot about funny that. stuff really absolutely. funny absolutely and then, and then you know it's also funny to read about our uh, our successes and then our massive failures that's right we've had both and it's kind of meta that this one has, has been on the spectrum it's getting it's it's getting some traction now yeah 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 but yeah. the initial launch was a bit of a 
Yeah, it was a bit of a letdown on the official launch, but it's uh, it's becoming a contender. And speaking of contenders, uh, the Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion has been a juggernaut for us, dude. That's that's been that has paid for the sushi we had last night, yeah. all the food we had in the roost and the smokes. Yeah, it's um, been uh, it's been a great book for us. And that book is a it's a great gift book. Um, if you have a dad, if you have a husband, anybody in the in the community who loves to smoke cigars or is just interested in learning more about cigar and pipe smoking. Uh, I think you'll benefit from and laugh with the Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion, which we now have in hardcover, which is kind of an exciting. In hardcover, it's a coffee table book. Now, and you know what? That one, that one was going to be. Uh, I think I said at eighteen ninety five, we could still mm-hmm. turn a small uh, profit. And you yeah. came in and said, "No, I want to make it clear mm-hmm. that this is for people who are who are really treating themselves. This is for diehards. Twenty yeah. bucks on the note, and it's odd for a, a book to, yeah. to have a." Uh, just twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, to not have the ninety-five cent thing like yeah. that's fooling anybody. Yeah, right. And you said no, twenty bucks. So for twenty bucks, and this, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. It's straight handsome, with people. handsome hardcover volume. It is all of 125 pages, mm-hmm. but it's been sitting on my coffee table here in the Nakatomi smoke room mm-hmm. in hardcover. Yeah. Since it came out, uh, and it really dresses the place up. It's beautiful. It's a handsome volume. Well done. Uh, get yourself a copy of The Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion and enjoy it. Uh, and I feel like this is one of those books, Zach, that's kind of timeless. You know, the the cigar boom has been around now since, what, the 90s? Early to mid-90s. Early to mid-90s. I, I remember, you remember that Newsweek cover with Jenny McCarthy holding a cigar and holding her nose? And it was like, yeah. what's all the fuss about? Right. Uh, the cigar boom is, uh, is, is alive and well. And this book has, I think, some practical kind of timeless helps. Also, some comedic bits. Um, we did, uh, yeah, we did the recurring bit where a, a famous character was replaced by James Suckling, which was a lot of fun. We also walk you through the different cigar smoking seasons for people in ministry. For people in ministry, which I think is one of the <laughs> funniest things we've ever done together. And different places to smoke and the yep. pluses and minuses. I, what's funny for me, Ted, I read yeah. this book and I can remember exactly where we were. Where we, we were when we were writing those yeah. bits, absolutely. No, the book is a blast. It's The Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion. Uh, grab yourself a copy of that. Grab a copy of the Gut Check Guide to Publishing if you want to learn more about our industry. And uh, final plug, go on Amazon Kindle and grab a copy of Re-Raptured. And how much is that going to set a person back, Zach? I, I, I think, you know, let's, let's, let's wheel it back by the time we air this to $3.99. $3.99. It's a relatively small investment to enjoy Gut Check Literacy Month all year round, which is a thing that we've done really for about a year <laughs> and a half now around. And of course, don't forget to join the Gut Check Army, which will cost you nothing. Yeah. Zach, we've had a lot of new enrollees in the Gut Check yes. Army, haven't we? The Gut Check so Army could take Panama right now. Those numbers are, are really climbing. And uh, for that, we appreciate you listeners. We appreciate more members of the Gut Check Army. And, you know, So you get appreciated at like a higher level, really. Yeah, we don't appreciate other people. Dude, I just got a, I just got a little text from Cliff we'll look at. But uh, okay. l- let me also say this. Mm-hmm. If you join the Gut Check Army right now, yep. you can get those ringtones, gut, right. gut Check ringtones, and you'll be able, and can I announce this? Yeah. For a limited time, let's say a month or two, we're going to put the entirety, we already discussed this, I think, the entirety of Facing Tyson audiobook Ooh. for you to just download and enjoy. We're I not going to leave it out there forever, but we'll leave it a couple months. Uh, so you can go on there, you can download the MP3s, pop it on your phone, pop it on your, your device, uh, and listen to Ted reading your favorite book. My favorite of all book. Of your my first book. Seventy nine books you've, you've written. Traditionally published. My first book came out in two thousand six, and we had an absolute blast recording that thing in my studio. And if you're a man, mm-hmm. you want to know more about Mike Tyson and the men that he fought. 
Right. Uh, and and this is a spectacular book. So get on there, join the Gut Check Army. We will eventually, after you join, send yeah. you an email. That's right. With the sign in details, and you can and you can. Uh, and you know what? It may not happen right away. That's the thing. <laughs> when you say eventually, that's that's just yeah. kind of priming you. Be ready for it, because you're you're a part of an army now. So be on guard for it. Exactly. You keep your head in a swivel, kind of, which is what they say in the in the army business. But uh, it will come, but it may not be right away. Yeah, and and you know what? The waiting for it. Proves that you deserve it. It makes it better. It makes it sweeter when it does <laughs> come around finally. You know, I, I feel like we ought to even just put in a, a, some plugs for some older stuff. Yep. You can still buy Kind of Christianity. Yes, if you want. that's Our, right. The first man. book we put out on Gut Check, uh, which is about this amazing movement called. Uh, what was that called? The Emergent the Church. The Emergent Church. Yeah, that thing is still. That's uh, is still. It, is uh, that old uh, enough to be vintage? <laughs> if it's vintage. What if. What if vintage churches start popping up that are like ironically doing the ironic emergent church thing? That'd be incredible. Would it be no longer ironic? Would it cancel out? Actually, it'd be terrible. I don't want it to happen, <laughs> for the record. My favorite line from all of the smoking book is in the appendix. Yeah. Where we're giving suggested hate mail templates to people. I love that time. as a concept. And it says something about even though I still meet, even though I meet in an emergent church that's Hold on, let me let me see. Oh, hold on, I can read it. Yeah, give me a second. Looks right there. Buddy. I can. I, here we go. Huh? It says. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna read the whole thing. Yeah, just, read just it to promote. Read it. So this is number three. I'm a hipster, so I'm totally good with cigars, but just hate your theology and some of your other books. And I'm taking this opportunity to tell you about it, <laughs> dear Ted and Zach. I really love cigars, and as much. As I begrudgingly hate to say it, I also love this book, especially the parts where you replaced certain movie characters with James Suckling. That was absolutely genius and broad and hipster, and I wish I'd thought of it. I'm actually writing to tell you how much offense I took to the books Why We're Not Emergent and Kind of Christianity. Even though I drive a Volvo, wear Toms, am sipping a microbrew while I write this on my affected retro typewriter purchased at Urban Outfitters, voted for Obama. This is a little dated, I guess. It is dated. Voted I love for how dated it is. <laughs> <laughs> am vague on gay marriage and go to a worship gathering that meets at an abandoned factory that is so under the radar and hipster that it's not even abandoned yet. <laughs> Read, it's operational and we sort of meet between the whirring machines. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> sort of meet between the, the whirring machines. Machine. That was all you, dude. Ah, thanks, Hilarious. Um, Thank you. You know what that, that brings up, though? Because mm -hmm. our next book was called Younger Wrestlers or Reformer. Yeah. Kind of uh, a send-up of our own yeah, subculture. A good-natured roast yeah. for, for the new Calvinist movement. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, because, you know, being inside of something, you're not quite sure where it stands sometimes. Yeah. Is that, has that jumped the shark, like, every bit as, like, gospel coalition culture? Mm -hmm. Has that jumped the culture every bit as much as, uh, like, Emergent Village? Dude, it's funny. I honestly don't know because I'm, I don't, I don't check it, so... Uh, well, I, I don't even just mean that specific website. Website, but I the, mean, whole, the whole thing is a brand. Yeah. You know, baby, I equate it to... Uh, remember that restaurant in East Lansing, Kosi? Yeah, we were just talking about Kosi. Yeah, we were talking about Kosi. Kosi's the kind of place where you could get like a $11 like pesto panini. Yes. You know what I mean? It was a lunch place. Yeah. Like you would make an appointment <laughs> to have lunch at Kosi's. You know what I mean? Everything was red there. Yeah, red everything was red. Everything was so I was just in East Lansing where I learned that Kosi has closed. Like, it's it's there no longer. No one mourned it, but it's gone. No one mourned it, but it's gone. So I, I sort of see the Gospel Coalition thing like Kosi, <laughs> in that it's still good, and in that if I still ran into one in like a mall food court... and Like I, an airport? In, or in an airport. 
It would be a great airport. And thing. you'd be like, oh, ooh, Kosi. I would get one I of those pesto paninis and I'd be really excited about it. Yeah. But I would no longer go out of my way to make an appointment to be at one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, Kosi is still good. It's still there somewhere. It's still good. It's still there. They're still making good products. And maybe can't quite maintain the, the mm-hmm. network of restaurants it once did. And also, everybody's had it already. So everybody's experienced it several times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I see the connection. Yeah. It, or how about this? Yeah. It makes me also think of, like, re- reality shows, or like Survivor, specifically Survivor. Remember, okay. like, the first, yeah, yeah. like, kind of vote them off the island, make alliances, all that. Dude, that's, that's still on. Yeah, it's still on. still on the still air. still on TV. They're on, like, season 16 or something. Dude, it used to be water cooler conversation at work. Everybody was like, hey, did you see Survivor? Yeah, you watch the program, you come in and you talk about it the next day. And yet, now, I mean, every. Everybody who wants to see it through beginning to end has done so several times. It's still on. It's still pulling some ratings. Still doing some business. So, like, why why isn't it water cooler conversation? I, I think, in the case of Survivor, and I'll, I'll try to make this connection with Gospel Coalition. In the case of Survivor, 16 times, everybody's been on the show and survived. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Every we know season, how the movie ends, right? Yeah, the yeah. stuff, the same stuff happens. The same little like alliances are formed, and everybody gets skinny, and they, they put off the ending like eighteen times, like after they put the off break. the ending, yeah, eighteen times, but everybody survives in the in the same way that like I think all the ambitious pastors who have wanted to write their like you know nine things to think about whatever kind of essay <laughs> for the Gospel Coalition have they've done it. You uh-huh, know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone who wanted to experience a Gospel Coalition like conference, yeah, or T4G or whatever, has been there, or even get published and feel like they're a little bit of an insider. Like uh-huh. everybody's kind of done that. You everyone's, know, like, everyone's gone up three rungs on that ladder and is kind of tired of climbing it. Everybody's dreamed about like you know being the main stage guy and and not quite gotten there. So you know, everyone's tried to network with like their friend who knows more people and stuff. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so here's the question then. Yeah, I mean, is this analogous to Promise Keepers? Okay, you remember Promise? I remember Promise Keepers wigged fondly. People I also mo- remember that. Yeah, I, I remember you mocking me the first time I told you I was going. Did I mock you in a fun way? You okay. said something like, "You know what? Have a good public cry on me," or something like that. You were Dude, like, it was a, it was a really insensitive thing to say because I'm more of a crier than you are, and it made me cry. It yeah. really did. <laughs> yeah, that but, made me cry. But you got we got seventy thousand guys into the Silver Dome. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the theology thinking back wasn't perfect. Right. But there was something super awesome about it. But the it. intent behind it was really and good. And guys yeah. came together that hadn't been to church and like this whole thing. But yeah. you couldn't do that more than like six times in a row. Right. Because it's just like, it's not new anymore. Because you can only have that first experience with it one time. Right. And yeah. so there were guys bringing their sons, but it didn't yeah. last long enough for those guys to bring their sons. Right. You right. know, so it's so like my, my dad brought me. Mm-hmm. I'll never be able to bring Calvin to a Promise Keepers mm-hmm. because... For a number of reasons, but mm-hmm. mostly because they don't have them anymore. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, so what? Primarily that reason. Yeah. But, but I mean, even they did, like they do, they have like one in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And I'd be like, they've changed a little bit. It's not yeah. the same anymore. It's not yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 just over. Yeah. So is the youngest young restless reformed movement? I mean, I know this is, this has been discussed before. Yeah. But, no, no, no. But I think that we've come onto a couple of really good uh, analogies here. Yeah. I mean, is it kind of like in its fourteenth season? Like you know, this is it The Simpsons. It's still on. Oh, interesting. It's still on. It's still good. It's still pretty... It's okay. It's okay, yeah. If it happens to be on, you're going to be like, oh, I haven't seen this one because it's not from the first six seasons. I'll watch it. Right, right, right. But everyone's sort of waiting for it to get canceled. Yeah. Or just waiting for it to be over. Right, yeah. Yeah, to retire. To retire. Everyone's waiting for it to retire. Yeah, yeah. 
No, there, there aren't like like it was a while. I felt like everyone who went to Harvard and was funny wound uh, up writing for the Simpsons. Sure. I don't think millennials who go to Harvard are like, ooh, I hope I wind up. I want to write for the Simpsons. Simpsons. They're like, oh, I hope I don't wind up. No, guys in our Simpsons. generation thought that. Yeah, yeah. Because the Simpsons started when we were in like eighth grade or yeah, whatever, right. and, and yeah. So guys in our generation, in much the same way, I wonder if young pastors who are graduating from Gordon Conwell sort of no longer dream about writing for the Gospel Coalition. Right. I wonder if there's another thing is what I'm asking and I don't know the answer. I wouldn't know what see and that that's that gets into questions I, of like age and and uh, relevance. Age relevance, yeah, exactly. Irrelevance, relevance or irrelevance as it were. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder what that thing is for like the the 26-year-old guy who's graduating from Southern or, or yeah, fascinating. Know, like I wonder what 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 is what is that guy dreaming about? You know what I mean? And here's the thing, there still are the older guys who have the very special dream Oh yeah, in the, in, you know. I feel like our our guys, guys our age, have the very special dream of being like the main stage, like arena show guy at GCO. And you know, I saw some some like shares and stuff from this past year's thing, and it's still it's still fairly well attended. They're still filling arenas, aren't they? I I think they're not. I think they're filling slightly smaller arenas. Okay, yeah. Which is like, I mean, there's a bell curve to this stuff. Yeah. You know, it starts in like the Civic Center somewhere, and there's yeah. one of them in the country, and then like. It's blossoms, and then they just slowly get smaller again. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah, is it, it, should we want to make it last forever? That's a great question. Because here's the thing: all of these and emergent is just to bring it back around. It's a yeah, perfect yeah. example of this. It started out with this is grassroots, man. Mm-hmm. There's no real hey, listen. Emergent doesn't have any official, you know, corporate affiliation. You know, yeah. There's right. there's no leadership. You know, we just all kind of know who it is. Yeah. And then it became this like insanely like lockstep like you know. Well, yeah. And, as soon as like Zondervan started like promoting it and putting out books and you know what I'm saying. They lockstep right off the cliff together is yeah. the thing. Yeah. And and you know I, and I'm not saying that's happening necessarily with with uh, right. young Calvinists. It's like if it's built around being young Calvinists, yeah, being young, restless, and reformed. Those guys, ten years later, that's me, yeah. right? I, yeah. My first year as pastor at Judson, I had the Christianity Today cover. Yeah. With the article by by Colin Hansen that said yeah. it had John Jonathan Edwards as my homeboy on the T-shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It said how Calvinism is making a comeback and shaking up the church. Young, yeah. restless, reformed. Yeah. And and like. I was 27 then. Right. I'm 39 now. You were a different guy then. I'm not young anymore. Yeah. I'm young, but I'm not young. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not young, hip, hip young. Right, right. So, none of the guys who were young then are, are like, the the up-and-coming, hip, like, hope for the future. Yeah. So, it kind of, like, aged itself out. It aged itself out, and I think your your priorities change, you know? You got kids going into, like, middle school, and, Mm -hmm. dude, you're not all, like, kind of... This is gonna sound terrible, but you're not—you're no longer like dreaming of changing the world. You know what I mean? No, that doesn't sound terrible. I mean, yeah. we're dreaming of changing a little bit of the world and being part of something huge, dude. Right? Like you kind of want to be a good dad, and you want to be a good church member, and you want to be a good good at what you do day to day. But like, right? I don't want to feed the five thousand yeah. at once. Jesus can do that. I want right. to put a little leaven here and a little leaven there. Yeah, and let it happen. And I think when you're thirty-seven as opposed to twenty-seven, you have a more realistic picture of like where your leaven is supposed to go, as it were. You know what I'm saying? That's not a euphemism. That's not a euphemism. Usually everything, most things that I say are euphemistic. That's an example of one thing that isn't. <laughs> so is, is it like, this is, a, this is a serious question. Yeah, yeah. Is it basically like in the 60s, all these hippies, man, stick it to the man, damn yeah, the yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and now they're all, they're, they're all the man. Right. So was it shaken up the church and now we're the guys who need to get shaken up and it's just over? Yeah, with the caveat that their thing was 
at the end of the day, a lot less worthwhile than our thing. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. you know. The, like rediscovering the sovereignty of God and, yeah, and all right. that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So Our thing is worth, like, sticking with and being passionate about. I just think the smugness that we walked around with when we were 27, a la, you know, we're going to change the world and, you know, shake things up. And, and we have better theology than everyone. We have better theology it's than everyone. It's barely worth doing church if you're not part of our group. There yeah, was that's that right. subtext to it. Dude, I'm really glad that's over for oh, most people. Oh, me too. Oh, my know? gosh. I, yeah. I felt like I was walking around... With just like this kind of poisoned like yeah, right. balloon in my chest, you knew that you weren't you, you weren't yeah. right with it, right? Right. Yeah. And I think it's it's a good thing for it to kind of run its course off. and mature. And, and yeah. I don't know that that thing was worth. It's not. It's not now worth defending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's worth defending is the gospel. Right. And if the gospel coalition, you know, kind of, I think they'll have to kind of rediscover themselves to get full on relevant to a new group of people. That's right. They'll still reach the same group of people as long right. as we're, but like. Is it worth kind of being able to have to ramp that back up, or do you mm-hmm. just kind of let that go and say something else will come up? Yeah. And and there's never going to be a time we're not rediscovering the gospel. Yeah. Um, and that'll be good news for us, Ted, because then we can write another satirical book about that next thing. That's good. I hope it happens soon, to be honest. <laughs> you know, because I miss that. I miss writing those satirical books. <laughs> I I feel like we wouldn't fully know. Like like we were. In we wouldn't know because we were one. in the midst of it. We were right in the middle of it. We were 27 when it was the right time to be 27. Yes, and, we, and, I mean? we, and we knew all the little... Like, we knew all the lingo. We knew all the insider. We, we were friends of people who were like, you know, hard body karate into, into that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this time we would be like a sad... Like, it would be like the youth pastor trying to use the slang. We would. Oh, that's, so, that's such a harsh reality. That's a hard thing to end on, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. This, this begs the question... How does Kosi reinvent itself? Does it, does it become an airport thing? Does it become a mall food court thing? Or does it become no thing? And, and the question is, is it better, you know... Is it like better the, to have had that and then let it go than to constantly keep trying to reinvent? Or that, Jack Black, is it better to burn out or fade away? Ooh. Right? Baby, the Stevie Wonder question. Yeah, that's right. And, and do, you don't want to become Bennigan's. Also, Jack Black was never better than he was in that oh movie. Oh my gosh. Cosby sweater, et cetera, et cetera. It's a Cosby sweater. I made it for us special. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, Bennigan's becomes... I, I really wanted to jump on this. And yeah, I, no, I, I like the Bennigan's even thing. I like, I, I like where you're going. Even though I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I know that the, like they folded as a... Yeah. This is getting into boringness, but... No, no, I like the, it. The, the kind of pedantry. Yeah. It folded as a national entity. Yeah. But if you still had a Bennigan's going, mm-hmm. you were allowed to keep running it. Okay. So the one in, in West Lansing... I love that one. Or East Lansing, or like Okemos, it's okay. gone now. Okay. But, but there's still one in the West Lansing Mall area, isn't there? Is there? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They, is that a Hands? That's a Hands, man. I don't it's know the hula, difference. In, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. six and one. Yeah. But I think they might be all gone. There's, or there's two or three somewhere. Yeah. Is, but that's sad. It, it would have been better for them to just all kind of fold together yeah. and say, we had a great run. So here's a question. Here's a hypothetical. At some point, is the dignified thing going to be to take down the Gospel Coalition website and like stop doing the conferences and just say, thanks everybody for everything. It was really great. Be encouraged. But we're not going to keep doing this. Right. We're not going to try not to reinvent it. Not saying that that's 2018 or 2030 that, yeah. or whatever. No, I'm not putting a timetable on it at all. I'm just saying, would it be a, a good thing to do? Here's the thing. Keeping in mind that no one ever in the history of anything has, has ever, ever done, done that. that. No. Yeah. Well, it has, it has happened once in a while. Once Dude, in you know a where it's happened? While. You know where you see it? Huh? You see it in sports. Hmm. Every once in a while, 
Somebody walks away at like the height of their career. Now these are names that you're going to know because of your Detroit connections. Barry Sanders, uh-huh. Calvin Johnson, two Detroit Lions. Calvin Johnson actually gave a, a little blurb for uh, kind of Christianity. That's a right, terrific remember. guy. Yeah, but walked away at the at the height of their careers, and and you almost never see it. It, it, but before you start feeling sorry for them is the thing. Mm-hmm. To before an athlete hung, dying young, that kind of thing. Yeah, before they've hung around too long. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I would say yes, mm-hmm. be, and it might be because I don't work in the parachurch world. Yeah. But you know what I always, 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 always hate? What? A church that's not apostate uh-huh. deciding to give up and close its doors. Mm. Every time yeah. I hear that, it, I, 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 I weep a little inside. Yeah, it's just right. It's the worst. Yeah. And, and there are people who are like, Zach, it's okay, it's natural. You know, the mm-hmm. kingdom isn't dying, it's just this one. And I'm always like, no, 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 fight, fight, keep on going. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't care if you get, if you got seven people meeting. Yeah. Keep making it work, grow it, build yeah. it, rediscover, blah, blah, blah. And maybe maybe that's just me pinning all my, you know, putting Your my hopes. eggs in the wrong yeah, kind of yeah, basket. Yeah. Maybe I should be thinking. Dude, see, I think that's a good impulse, though, because the church, I mean, the church is a, biblical thing worth fighting for whereas your website and your group of conferences I mean the, you know what I'm saying it's a different thing uh-huh. but here's the thing the gospel yeah. coalition unlike you know whatever first things or something yeah almost became like a quasi denomination yes that's true there were people yeah. in all churches in all different denominations that were like we don't feel like we fit where we are but we're gospel but coalition we, church yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? no like, I get that and, and that. so it's it very useful for the, in that way mm-hmm um, I would hate to see it. I would hate to see it end. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I don't have a dog in that fight one way or the other. I mean, it could end or it could not end, but I mean, there are people who I like who are involved in it. So I, I guess on that level, I would like it to not end. But, right, right. But I, I wonder if the dignified thing at some point would be to end it. It, prob- it probably will be at some point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are... No, no one's trying to end... Even like the... My denomination is... Yeah. is whatever, 280 years old or something like that. Right. Um, and it's struggling. Mm-hmm. And the question's never, do we just let it die? Yeah, that's, that's true. out of the question. Yeah. Um, we just keep on trying to... Hold, I think we're moving in the right direction, but that's yeah. beside the point. Uh, is the dignified thing ever to let like a... a good yeah, thing you know what? You do. You sometimes let... You know, whatever that four spiritual laws thing was, or whatever, you let it go. Yeah. You let you let things that are tied to a time and place. Yeah, that's true. Is is something like Jico tied to time and place? I think so. Well, and that begs the question: Is it tied to the same time and place in which the emergent church existed? And was there a sort of symbiotic kind of yin and yang thing going on? Right. Was it like did Batman create Joker or the other way around? Exactly. Wow. Is, and here's another question. Yeah. Is it ever really the dignified thing? Does the time just come mm-hmm. for Rachel Held Evans to just kind of ramp down her Twitter? Yes. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Before we end this... Dude, this actually, up, I don't care about that either, though, because, like, I don't have to look at it. You know what? Nobody has to. Like, that's the, the great thing about that, to be honest. The best thing about it. The best thing about it. And, and the best thing about her, to like, in all seriousness, is... Like, she's segmenting to a very specific audience. You know what I'm saying? So is good Jico. Uh-huh. Such that, like, yeah, so is Jico. Exactly. So in, in that way, they're similar in that they're serving... They're each serving their very specific niche audiences. Mm-hmm. And as that niche shrinks, yeah. you adapt and, and all this stuff. Yeah, I don't... So I it's don't not know. a thing that's in front of me every every single day. You know I, it looks so different when you're in it, though, because, like, if you look at these, like, mega churches mm-hmm. that started mm-hmm. with this fascinating dream of... 
bring in the unwashed masses of mm-hmm. like disaffected mm-hmm. late seventies youth, right? Yeah. And they were just incredible at this. And they were, you know, they preached in a really just keep it all really real. Yeah. And 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 everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is not just lip service. And then fast forward decades, mm-hmm. and they've become the very thing they were reacting against. Mm-hmm. From outside, you look at that and go, oh, that's a huge shame. Yeah. But when you're inside, you do not see it happening. It's the that's frog right. in the kettle situation. So let me let me put on my like 1960s hippie hat for a minute and beg the question. If you're inside of something that's profitable and you're getting paid from it and people's jobs depend on it, do you ever have the foresight to be able to say it's time to hang it up? Or is it just too good for everybody who's inside of it? Which is, I think, what happened with a lot of these kind of megachurches of which you speak. They become immortal. They become the... Too many people are making their living off of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that These necessarily, except to just beg the question. I think that at the end of the day, tell me, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, feel free to push back on this. The well, real, the the real takeaway here mm-hmm. is that people should still be buying kind of Christianity. I agree. And younger, restless, or reformed. Right. The dignified thing for us to do is to continue to shill. Yeah, there's no way that products. we should just say the dignified thing is to just kind of retire Take them. Take them down or retire them? In no way. Yeah. <laughs> In no way is that the dignified thing to now, do. Now it's kind of vintage and hipster for you to buy them. You know what? You know what corner we've never painted ourselves into, though, and I'm glad. <laughs> What's that? The corner of like worrying, especially about being dignified <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not in this particular enterprise. Not in this anyway. particular enterprise. That's right, <laughs> baby. I like how serious we got just then, dude. It happens sometimes. It really does, and it's an interesting thing, isn't it? <laughs> for us, I mean, maybe for no one else, but at least for you. You know and what? Me. I think people like it more when we're glum. Yeah, they do love it. See if it you can kind of get in that headspace. Yeah, things have been going too well for me lately. I can't I, be glum. And FYI, people also like it when we eat boxes of tacos. That's true. Which is the thing we did today, just not in the air. Ted and I. Sometimes went, we do that just for our own edification. Just for ourselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. some, it's like sometimes you gotta. I gotta feed me. I, I gotta feed me. I just want to eat the taco. I don't want to perform. <laughs> I don't. Give, give, give. You know. <laughs> I can't feed. I can't right. feed the listeners out of an empty stomach. It's like I can't do this for you right now. <laughs> You know, you just want to listen to me eat this taco. I just want to eat it for myself. You know, like in that, I understand what you know performers go through yeah. because you know there's this thing of constantly this thing of constantly being in the spotlight and like sometimes I don't want to sing and dance for you. I just want to eat my taco in peace. So I, I feel like today the dignified thing for us to do was to drive through Taco Bell twice so that we got enough. Uh-huh. And such that the woman who served us our tacos like recognized us from before, yeah. And then to come back and eat the tacos, kind of in a in a in a sort of dignified privacy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably. And we're in which we weren't waving it all over the place, like, "Hey, we're eating tacos." <laughs> Baby, this has been an interesting conversation, hasn't it? It has, yes. And your listeners, you're interested by it. Yeah, you are. Even though you may feel bored, and you, you, may, you may be tempted to hit the fast-forward button, I think deep down you're interested. And what's more, I feel as though if I keep talking about how interested you are, you'll, you will eventually it'll become build. interested. Yeah. It'll build. Baby, this has been fun, and uh, I hope we get this series again on our next program. Maybe we'll be glum? I hope not. I hope so. I hope for the listener's sake, I hope yeah. so, because they hope, seem to love our pain. I hope we're glumly eating tacos on Oh, the wow. That would be fascinating. <laughs> eating our feelings. You know what? We may do that next time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength.